0: Honestly, um, I don't think I made it quite strong enough yet today. Uh, good coffee, but mm, hot. Uh, its hot coffee. But if it's not great coffee, who's to blame? But me. Good morning, folks. It is Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. Uh, starting to warm up here, and forget about those two days of winter we had visit us hope you're having a great day where you are and whether it's fine john the weather is fine uh good morning uh people in the chat rooms we got our, our russian friends back good morning russia what the morning i can't do a russian accent i'm not even gonna try even if i was awake fully awake i wouldn't be able to do it well so what am i even doing it for um show up on Streamyard. as an example of how come and show up i'm getting messages from Streamyard. good morning folks um interesting program last night uh about it, the red movement now the red movement and, and the author of the book knows this uh because i brought it up it just sounds like a communist type of thing the red movement is is the name of the uh, activist movement uh, that the woman is starting, and it's the name of the book that she wrote. But it's about social justice and uh, human trafficking and, and that kind of stuff, and the products we buy. And basically, it came down to something that I've said for a long, long time, if you if you, if you follow me at all. when It comes down to politics and people talking isms, capitalism, socialism, communism, all those isms. The one ism that I think is the root cause of all our problems is consumerism. People in the world who just, you know, buy shit we don't need. We continue to make shit we don't need. I mean, if you look at the pollution problem uh, or the environmental problem that we've created, it's all because we're manufacturing shit that none of us really need. Now, um, there are some things that we manufacture, obviously, that we all do use. You're using your cell phones, you're using your computers, using your clothes but um do you really need i don't know five hundred pairs of shoes <laughs> if you if you nobody really needs five hundred pairs of shoes do you you that's even you could change a different pair of shoes every single day for a year and still only uh put about a little bit more than i guess two thirds or around two thirds of your shoe collection, <laughs> five hundred pairs of shoes. Uh, so consumerism adds to a lot of uh, of the problem. And then we were talking about you know the hum- human slavery and human trafficking and child labor and all that kind of stuff and forced labor all around the world that is tied to products that we consume. And I, I brought up the fact that I'm guilty as anybody, man. With uh, you know, I've known for. 20 years about the slave trade in the Ivory Coast being the primary source of cocoa in the world. And I love chocolate. And so while I am against that and would probably say, yeah, I'll do anything to help uh, end slavery, uh, it doesn't occur to me when I'm buying a piece of chocolate, eating a piece of chocolate. I am a chocolate fiend. Um, playing a gig for four hours is human slavery. Good morning, Paul. <laughs> Actually, uh, I uh, I can't claim that playing a gig for four hours is usually slavery because of my idea. Uh, I'm the one who, who prefers to play for four hours straight. I mean, everybody in the band initially fought me on that for like two years until they figured out that they enjoyed it more than taking breaks uh and yeah I'm, i've gone over why why we don't enjoy taking breaks uh for a long time and it also it makes the gig go faster because sometimes those those breaks just make the night four hours feel like it's a friggin drag it feels like eight hours when you're taking a break when you're doing it play, straight through it goes a lot faster and it always feels like wow i, I could i could go you're just hitting your stride at four hours You can go another hour or so that's the way it evolved anyway but the fact is that there are so many products that that we um, we buy and consume that are driven by you know really bad greed, uh, child forced labor and stuff. And, you know, even our cell phones. Most of us are, are if we if you have a smartphone and that's just about everybody in the world. It was made by um, forced labor. In some faraway country, uh, not entirely made, but parts of it were made and assembled by people either forced into labor or um, working for twenty cents an hour and a bowl of rice with a gun to their head—that kind of thing. And what can we do to actually have an effect on that? Well, she's she seemed to make the case. That consumerism uh, is a great weapon for people because we have more control over things than we think we do if we spend wisely. But who is, I brought up, the, who goes to, let's say, grocery shopping and can possibly research what goes into making every single product you buy when you go grocery shopping? Because typically, a person who goes grocery shopping is going to buy over 100 items, probably, right, in their cart and you're going to have to go uh, do your research on how everyone was made and prepared and what kind of labor they're using, that seems impractical. Um, but uh, learn something new. There is fair labeling, fair fair labor labeling on a lot of products. I did not know this. I don't even know real, where to look for it. I'm going to do some more research on that today. But when you're buying stuff, there should be a label on it. That's, if it says fair labeling, A fair labor, you know it wasn't made in some country or where they were paying somebody $20 an hour and a bowl of rice with a gun to their head to to produce. Now, sometimes it's obvious. When you're buying a guitar from China and it looks and feels like a Fender Strat and plays like a Fender Strat, but it's $80, (laughs) you can be pretty sure that some person made that uh, who assembled it and cut the wood and all, all the people who who did the work to, to get you that 80 dollar guitar um it were probably slaves or close enough to slaves uh, so while we love the discounts and we love cheap stuff it does come at a, a human cost and we don't ever think about that so great show i think i i was um i learned some things And I'm still thinking about it, so if you're so inclined, check out last night's program called The Red Movement on the Mind Dog TV podcast with uh, Shadon Capri. Uh, How do you not pee? That's the question. Me? Uh, Oh, during the the four-hour breaks? You know, that has been asked me for for a while because generally everybody else in the band has taken breaks over time and, and gone to pee. Well, Mikey not so much, but occasionally he does. But I'm the no, I've never done it, and and Mike Barone, our drummer. I was playing with him for seven years, and we, uh, at the time, and we were basically playing three nights a week in the same place every week for those seven years. And I had a, my position was kind of like <laughs> at the bar next to the bar, and at one point he said. I just, it just occurred to me, I've never seen you leave that spot in the seven years I've known you. How do you not have to pee? I think I'm paying a price for it now because I tell you what, my prostate right now, I could pee 500 times a day and it doesn't feel enough. But for some reason, and when you're playing music, you don't think about those things. That's all I can say. People will think about it for a second, feel a tad uncomfortable, and then move on. What, me peeing or buying uh, buying an $80 guitar that they know was made uh, by some poor sucker with a gun to his head in a faraway country just trying to survive and, and take care of his family for a quarter an hour. <laughs> uh, I think you're probably referring to the latter, aren't you, Craig? That, it has nothing to do with me peeing. But people will ask, uh, will think about me peeing for a second and then feel a tad uncomfortable and then move on. You're right about that, too. So it applies. Uh, maybe you sweat it out. No, I'm not a, I'm not a sweater. <laughs> I think I saved it up from my 40s and 50s and then sometime around my 60th birthday. Um, all of a sudden, now I got to pee all day long, every day anyway I'm glad to share my peeing habits with you uh if you want to know more about my peeing habits right uh go to oh, mattpees.com. com. mind dog pisser. anyway um that was the show last night and I hope you if you're so inclined then uh you want to check it out and because I do feel pessimistic about the whole thing she's you know she's a younger person she's not obviously not a a uh, uh, curmudgeonly boomer like me uh, and an optimist for for change and thinks you know thinks there's hope for this planet do you that's the question do you have hope for this planet do you have hope for this world because it's hard for me to have any hope for anything in this world uh and here's the problem and i realized with the rationality of it if we look at the world in a much bigger scope, 2,000 years, let's say. You can see the progress of humanity and say we're doing far better. Life expectancy is, is you don't have to get up and hunt for your food every morning like as people had to. Um, lots of diseases are under control and what we complain about when, when one <laughs> uh, disease becomes a pandemic, but you know what, let's face it if something like COVID happened in 2,000 years ago or, or even 1,500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, then something like that did happen called Black Plague, it would wipe out a good part of humanity. But you know, most of the people in your life would be dead. And so many diseases have been... Also, if you look at the long term, you can see that human beings and the world have made great progress. Problem is, when you look at the short term, in most of our lives over... 20 40 50 60 years it doesn't seem that way it seems that we've we've reverted we're we're going backwards but again that can be misleading it's it's perspective it's like seeing a painting up close uh you have to step back to see the big picture sometimes to see the reality of the work and the beauty of the work man listen to me wax philosophical on the morning program there's something fucked up with this coffee <laughs> i mean, i didn't make it strong enough or something anyway if you were watching yesterday uh you witnessed um one of the most um technically inept podcast live streams ever <laughs> from you know just me bringing guests in at the wrong time and um uh the wrong backgrounds and wrong transitions and all that kind of stuff that's usual but then uh call i i allowed him he call was in the room when jackie was there and he was waiting to leave a patiently waiting to leave i know he wanted to leave several minutes before he did and then i said well why don't you just take yourself out and he did but instead of taking himself out of the room he uh hit the end broadcast <laughs> and then Streamyard does not let you just kind of restart the program once you've ended it so we were kind of sitting there fucked wondering what to do i said i gotta start a new program uh, uh, start a whole new broadcast and then send out links to people and then did that and so uh and then carried on but there were several more glitches even after that so uh very uh canceled by the man yeah very good i like that and speaking of the man, uh, of man and dykes will uh be having a show tomorrow. Now, I'm under the impression that they've caught up with us. Uh, uh when I say us, America, the, the cool part of the world, <laughs> with I uh, uh, maybe not the cool part of the world, whatever. Um, with, Easter, uh, with daylight savings time. So I think they are on daylight savings time now. So I'm not sure if it's two o'clock Eastern or one o'clock Eastern tomorrow. We'll back to man. I will get that straightened out today. But the links will go out. And if you're so inclined to join, call and Jamie. Carl's on the move. Jamie's in the groove. And we'll see what happens. I don't know what they have planned for tomorrow. Um, but they do have a show planned. That is the bottom line of it. Um, April Fool's Day is coming up on Friday, and uh, I do have a guest in the morning on April April Fool's, a comedian. Which uh, what's his name? TJ Black is is with me. Uh, uh April first today, Chris. I want to make sure to get his name right. Chris Kettler. Uh, I believe he's from Georgia. I need to check that out follow up on chris right now i will do that uh, i'll do that when i take the break for the uh sponsorship piece i don't know a lot about chris uh he's one of these comedians that i found in some com- comedy uh group on facebook or something and so there's not a lot of it's some of these guys have absolutely no bios and no information about them if you google them you can't find anything about them this is gonna be my first time meeting chris don't know much about him, but we'll find out. Obviously interested in finding out and and take it slow. That from there, but you know you like to be a little prepared when you're going to be interviewing these guys, <coughs> and you look them up and you get nothing. Uh, I do have to follow up with Amy Miller. I hope she's feeling better and, and can get on the program now because she's been she was scheduled a couple of weeks ago and had to reschedule. So uh, I haven't followed up with it, but I, I see she's on. Twitter now, so uh, it must be feeling better, and maybe it's time to kind of reach out to her and get her rescheduled. But so that's uh, comedians for the rest of the week. Oh, tomorrow I have Michael King. Now that's going to be an interesting one. Michael King is, I believe, from the Midwest somewhere, but he lives in Pens- Pensacola, Florida, and he says that he was banned from the Pensacola brewery scene because he was too edgy as a comic uh i watched his videos and i honestly don't didn't find him that edgy at all i mean he did say some things that of course probably would not if he were a famous comedian there would be cancel culture coming after him i have no doubt about that but i don't think that's why uh he's not getting work and so might be a contentious conversation because you know i I'm not a kind of guy who can just kind of say just yes, people to get death, especially when they're claiming to be a victim of um, any any kind of discrimination or that kind of stuff. So tomorrow should be, it could be an interesting program. Maybe one of the more uh, radio... Um, interesting programs but not necessarily a friendly one if you know what i mean uh ra- radio friendly ratings friendly in in the in the sense that it could be confrontational i don't want it to be confrontational i don't go i'm not going in it with, into it with the intent of being controversial but i am, I am going to disagree if, if it comes down as you know i'm a victim of being too edgy and just been canceled i don't think that's what the case is uh, but we'll talk about that tomorrow when he's here. It's uh, giving you a kind of a preview of it. Uh, and, uh, of course, Friday night, 8 p.m. I know a lot of people think this is just a uh, April Fool's joke, but Paul McCartney will be with me at 8 p.m. on the Mind Dog TV uh, podcast. You can uh, think it's a joke, but tune in and find out, and I think you'll be uh, quite surprised at what you see. Um, but... You know what? I have joked about it before as I pulled up a thing about last year. I think I had a uh, it was either last year or two years ago where I announced that Bruce Springsteen would be my guest on April 1st. And uh, a lot of people believe that. And of course, that was an April Fool's joke. So I understand that uh, the little boy who cried wolf when he when he's telling the truth, people still don't believe him. And of course, the date is always suspect. Um, uh, but that's all i'm gonna say about that the one and only sir paul McCartney uh will be with me at eight o'clock uh friday night and if you miss it i'm not gonna uh i'm not gonna repurpose it for a while you either have to be there live or wait till I decide to publish it make make it published again. So good morning, everybody in the chat room. Do I need to do a roll call? No, just good morning to all of you. I'm just going to, you know, wide slap you all. uh, Nice and soft, Will Smith style. Good morning, slap. Anyway, thanks for being here, everybody. Um, Speaking of, uh, speaking of what? I was going to say speaking of peeing because I'm seeing... Kelly's I was so hung up on these uh, how do you not have to pee uh that's the question um, you know what? I don't drink a lot either. That's part of it when i'm when I'm doing a <laughs> oh, we should have a uh, a hashtag con- uh, contest for something yeah when I'm doing a gig, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking anything. I'm not drinking water, I'm not drinking beer, I'm not drinking coffee. So that's part of why I don't have to pee, too. It's weird to think you're talking to a wall. Who, me? I'm talking to a wall? Why do you think I'm talking to a wall? Um, uh, I don't... No, I'm talking to a camera. <laughs> uh, me? I'm talking to a wall. I don't know what you mean. Anyway, uh, dehydration, that could be a problem. Yes, it could be a problem, especially outdoor gigs. And there have been times, especially in the summer, when we we play the outdoor gigs, and it's, you know, 95 degrees out. I will, uh, in the middle, just chug a, uh, you know, whatever, 16-ounce water. Um, But again, you know, when you're playing music, you don't... uh, you don't think about it while, when you're playing. Afterwards, you know, as soon as the gig ends, you're sure you're gonna you like a racehorse that just finished the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> you pee like a fire hose. Um waiting the lovely Kiara this morning. I think she's gonna uh she's gonna bring me a Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I make myself laugh, and that's all it that counts. You should be able to make yourself laugh too. It's a gift. It is a gift to be able to make yourself just giggle for no fucking reason at all. Uh, you should try it sometimes. I highly recommend it. Um, trending again yesterday. I've given you a break, so I can I can I can go here again. Uh, I've given you a break for a couple of weeks about that. Rogan was trending again yesterday. And I had to see what it was about. And he had this Michael Schellenberger on, who was running for governor in California. And if you recall, the last time I talked about Joe Rogan, probably about 10, 11 days ago, where he came out with a statement that said he was not going to have politicians on this podcast anymore. And, quote, I don't want to have influence in that. That's what he said 10 or 11 days ago. And then yesterday he had Michael Schellenberger, who was running for governor in California, and I just ha- I, I had to uh, point out that the uh, oddity of somebody just kind of abandoning their own principle that quickly, and that, of course, people who worship, you know, Joe Rogan, his, his adoring cult fan base. They what if they claim they like him because he's honest, and let's face it, uh, that's not an honest thing to say I'm not going to have politicians on, and I said it at the time. I said, I think he that's dishonest i I think everybody wants to have influence uh, and and obviously he wanted to have influence in politics, or so he would have not started with having politicians on, so for him to claim, I don't want any influence in that. I thought that was insincere, and I said it at the time. I said, I think he's being dishonest with himself. And he needs to kind of step back and reassess that. Now, some people say, well, he just changed his mind. No, when you... Changing your mind is like, I want a burger. No, I want pizza. That's changing your mind. When you come out with a principle that says, I'm not going to do this. I'm 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 changing the way I live my life. I'm changing the way I conduct my business. I'm not going to do this because this is my principle. I don't want to have influence in that. And then you go back on it just ten days, eleven days later. That's not changing your mind. That's intellectual dishonesty, dishonesty within yourself. Not condemning Rogan for that. Totally understandable. We all fall prey to that. But I was just calling it what it was. And of course. You can't criticize Joe Rogan on Twitter and not expect his version of killer termites to come at you like wasps, killer wasps. (laughs) Uh, They get quite angry, quite nasty, uh, and willing to bend over backwards in ways that you can't imagine to defend the man. And just a simple statement. I mean, It's an obvious truth. I don't think he has any agenda. He doesn't really want to influence anybody. He's just a comic who just wants to have conversation. That's fucking bullshit, man. Anybody who publishes anything, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a a CD, whether uh, it's an MP3, whether it's a book or a film, anything, Anybody who performs wants to have some influence. Otherwise, you would do it in your room, in your house, in private. The minute you make it public, you publish something. The very act of publishing has an agenda behind it, and that agenda is influence. What that influence is can be different for every every person depending on the topic or the, uh, or the situation. But to claim, I'm uh, just... Uh, I'm just a comedian who wants to have conversations. You don't need to fucking make that public. You don't need to share that with 30,000 people. If you want to have conversations, you you all have conversations every day. You're not publishing them. You're not making them available to 30 million people. And so why make it? if, If that's your only, you know, only concern, I just want to have conversations. I'm just intellectually curious. Don't. Don't bullshit it by saying that's what it is, because that's not what it is. You're looking to influence people's thoughts, minds, actions. That's why I'm here. That's why any podcaster is anywhere. Um, so uh, that's what I'll say about that for now. Where are we? We're 27, 28 minutes in, two minutes away from the happy minute. Two minutes before the happy minute. It, thank you for calling time. We are two minutes prior to the happy minute Beep. at the tone. Uh, whatever. I am just so fucking ridiculously shot, man. There's no help for me. There really is no help for me. Uh, the happy minute today is brought to you by Vital Sleep. Are you snore. Are you a snoring bastard? I'm a snoring bastard. Uh, and if you're snoring, you're not healthy i'll put it that way and you see why i'm just like a a total wreck in the morning just a you know mentally shot imbecile every morning it's because i snore and that means you have if you're snoring you have some degree of sleep apnea that's true and so you're not getting healthy sleep you're not getting good REM sleep well vital sleep can help with all all that for 10 years vital sleep's mission has been to provide personalized snoring solutions personalized in other words uh They come to, no, I mess up the (laughs) sponsors stuff so often. (laughs) I'm just going to go with it. Uh, They provide personalized, personalized, this is the key, snoring solutions to snorers like me. They strive to enhance the quality of life and sleep by providing effective and affordable snoring remedies. Every snorer (laughs) is unique, and that's why their goal is to provide the most effective snoring deterrence on the market let me uh pull up the link the link isn't going to be in the description uh but i just want to show you what it looks like and uh so it's a long one vital sleep and they sponsor the happy minute uh so you you will have a happier happy minute let me just say that you're gonna have a happier happy minute if you get a good night's sleep and you know Kier probably doesn't get a good night's sleep either Well, she's got excuses she's got babies She's got you know and she's up all night, like, watching Hummer videos. Yeah. And, uh, at Hummer.com... No, no. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. Don't... Stay on script, man. Uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to stick, stick to the script. I'm just so undisciplined and, and just a, a terrible person. Anyway, it's time for the happy minute. Now that I've wasted that with two minutes of your life that you can never get back, let's welcome in... did you get a good night's sleep?
1: No. Good morning.
0: <laughs> because you were snoring? Is that why?
1: I don't snore. How do you know? I don't. How do you know? Actually, the times that I do snore, I wake myself up, but they're very rare. So I think I would just keep waking up.
0: Yeah. Well, if you do it once, you got to do it more than once. Come on. Nobody, nobody snoring is like a drug addiction. Nobody does it once.
1: Just just when I'm really tired on the couch or something, just a little.
0: No, mm. I think it's the air, the angle of your head, maybe yeah. pill, pillow stuff. That could definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, but snoring, snoring is uh, definitely not a good thing because you do it will mess with your your life, your, your quality of life, if because it's not good sleep. Yeah. Um, and I do it all the time, which is you know I'm I'm not a good person. Uh, very not not good i don't deserve i'm sorry that. oh my goodness th- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh somebody asked me how i uh, well you've never really done a complete four hour gig with it we do like three and a half hours now right uh,
1: no we do uh, somebody, four
0: yeah there are times we do four yeah that's true um and we have some four hours i think prohibition is probably a four hour one coming up um but somebody asked this morning how I never uh I never have to pee and I it's something it's a great enigma. Peeing <laughs> is like snoring. You got to do it you got to do it right or you you're not going to live a happy life. Yeah. So tom- tomorrow will be uh uh brought to you by p- vital pee instead of vital oh. sleep.
1: Oh my gosh. Is that personalized too?
0: I don't know. Oh. I'm just I'm just winging it here today. I know. Um so uh, I I did get your video. Oh, you want to do the Hummer piece now, or you want to save it to later? We got a comedian coming on later, uh, Chris Kettler, and I don't know much about him. He... Um,
1: whatever you want, you tell all right.
0: me. Well, well I, all right, let me uh, pull up the the video. I'm going to play the video without sound, and you could tell the uh, tell a story about the video. But give me a second here to pull it up. Uh, share screen. Where are you? Oh, You're over there. Uh, here's your Hummer. <laughs> All right, let me see that. Let me see. Go here.
1: All right, folks, check this out. According to GMAuthority.com, this giant Hummer H1 on display at an off road museum in the United Arab Emirates. I think that's in Dubai. Yeah, the, the overkill Hummer H1 is housed at the Off Road History Museum in the United Arab Emirates. Dubbed the Hummer H1X3, this beast of a machine features not one, but four diesel engines under its gargantuan body. Uh, Let me give you the measurements. It's uh, 46 feet long, 20 feet wide, and 22 feet tall. It has a den, a sink, a bathroom. I mean, if, if you show the inside of this thing, it's enormous
0: yeah it, it, i'm showing it now now it looked like arnold schwarzenegger just got in it so i don't know what the hell that's about this though these are regular size hummers they're showing us now but the big one and we did see the big no, the one, big one the big yeah there and that's it's not just it. there and yeah we'll get to it now what's that, going on <laughs> you know what i can where'd it go fast fast forward it here down here here it is now uh, it's like a house inside there it's basically yeah. there's no seating in it it's and here here yes you see it's kind of like wood floors and stuff and you can put your furniture in there and it is Here's drivable. My, it's drivable but it, and you see how big the tires are and all that stuff um it's drivable but it has no suspension right so <laughs> if you're sitting in a chair in that thing and you're driving it, you're going to be like hitting the ceiling and bouncing all over the place. And all the furniture is going to be constantly moving. So it doesn't make any sense right from the start. That's okay. Also, they'll
1: buy new furniture. Everyone's yeah, rich there, right?
0: They got to be pretty rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to be pretty, but uh, like uh, it only goes like what? Like four miles an hour or something. Right. something ridiculously slow. What is the... <laughs> why? That's the question people are going to have. Why would you invest all this money in this thing that, first of all, you can't really sit in it while you're driving it? It's right. really impossible to drive. There's no road you can really take it on because you're driving below the average speed limit. So, Right. So why?
1: I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I think that people with money just have... All the time in the world, and these ideas, and they do them. And uh, now it's well, it's sitting in a museum now, so nobody's really driving it right. And it's the largest Hummer in the world
0: the largest Hummer. I, I, I got a big Hummer once, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> oh, God. how th- does it say how much it costs? How much it costs to, it, to... Uh, it
1: the article goes on to say there aren't many details regarding the specifics of the Hummer H1X3. Um, not sure it tells you how much it took to to make the hummer but i can i can try and find out
0: i don't know i looked last night i was looking around for for this stuff and it, it, there's lots of stories about it but it's everything you got to subscribe to read more about it and it's like i don't want to subscribe to you <laughs> anyway um and the other <laughs> thing is how much gas does it get because we're at five or six dollars a gallon of gas this thing looks like it gets maybe uh 10 gallons of gas per mile <laughs> backwards not per gallon but it's, right it's per mi- gallons per mile
1: <laughs> right I, I don't know
0: uh, so it probably I mean, costs just... more than than the average person makes in, in a week to just yep. drive a mile
1: <laughs> yep i i would live in it
0: well this go- you would live in it yeah I don't know, I mean, because again, you're not going to take, alright, that's that's enough of the video, I can stop. Yeah, yeah, here. who is that? Get, that's, <laughs> the, that's the kid that hosts the video. I don't even mm. like that kid. Oh. Anyway, it goes back to what I was, I started well, my program last night was about, it was really about the problems with the world, all the problems with the world but we're, a lot of it was consumerism and mm. we buy stuff we don't need and how it yep. contributes to all the problems of the world and people yep. just you know, Think about the holidays, how much do you spend every Christmas on yep. stuff that people will use one day and then never use, and then you've gotta store it somewhere
1: and it's and and Christmas isn't even about the the true meaning of Christmas. it's all about consumerism now, and that just bugs me
0: right. Well, everything is about consumers. Oh, yeah. now. And so you look at the storage business, storage uh, industry in, in America right now. It's Storage has grown because people have too much crap they don't yep. know what to do with. And they're waiting. Maybe someday I'll buy a bigger house. Right. <laughs> but right. in the meantime, I'm going to store this stuff. And then they forget about it. And then people auction off stuff from storage places to get more crap that they don't need.
1: Yes, <laughs> I agree. 100%. I think and we have all- to live minimalist lives i, I want a tp
0: well i don't know if you have to go that far but there are things <laughs> we can do to kind of just back off from the in, insane consumerism that we have to just kind of just need to buy crap all the time yeah to drive the world it, it seems to be and i think it's common sense that we all realize this but for some reason we can't get off that train of i need the, i need that next piece of crap
2: right <laughs>
1: Right. I, I mean I'm 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 guilty of it with clothes. I mean I just bought you know, three hundred dollars worth of, of summer outfits for our gigs. Why? Ooh. Why? I don't man, need them.
0: I've been wearing the same I know. stuff to gigs for <laughs> fucking twenty years, man. <laughs> I know,
1: you and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Solid black. I can't. I, you know, I have this is to- why
0: I wear black because uh, it, you know you can have ten black shirts, but and or and black pairs of pants, but you know, it, it basically you get your look and that's it. I'm the guy in, I'm the man in black. I'm Johnny Cash. Yeah. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Um, where was I going to go with that? Uh, <laughs> I forgot. Oh yeah, how many pairs of shoes do you have? Do you know?
1: Oh, a lot. A lot. It's bad. And well, I don't really wear 20, them all the
0: time. 30, a hundred? Oh,
1: let me think.
0: Not a hundred, right?
1: I'd say about I'd say about twenty pairs of shoes.
0: That's not a because that's not a, a an enormous amount. I know women who've had and, and you know, the celebrities brag about this stuff. They when they you know, cribs and whatever, and, you know, they're showing oh, yeah. you and they open up their shoe closet, which is as big as some people's houses. <laughs> and and what? Yeah. You have a shoe closet. No, I have
1: big... a th- my I have a shoe closet house. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't watch those things. It's just upsetting, suppressing.
0: And and it, well, but it also feeds into your I need crap yeah. uh, addiction. So. Yeah. Yeah, and the Hummer story is definitely it reminds me of that it was like somebody spent, you know how many people you could feed on yeah. on how on what it costs to build that thing
1: it's terrible if you know if, if all the rich people the one percent just gave their money to the whole population we'd all be okay we'd all you know what are they going to do with all that money anyway now,
0: i don't know if we'd be, all be okay because uh, you know you, you go back to the you can feed a man fish or, or yeah that's feed true a man the fish uh but you could definitely put it to good causes that would help humanity. Yeah. Uh, right. Instead of spending it on stupid stuff like that or rocket ships, I mean, the biggest thing now is that everybody wants to go to space and building their own rocket. I think that's consumerism to the max, man. Yeah. You know what? I I had sound effects for the Hummer. I didn't even play it.
1: That's a motorcycle.
0: No, that was a bus. Oh. That's the Hummer.
1: What's the Hummer? <laughs> what was oh, that?
0: You know yeah, that that's a, a Hummer sound. You don't hear it? Wow.
1: That's a Hummer.
0: Yeah, it's a Hummer. I guess it recorded from the inside.
1: Oh. Oh, there it goes.
0: That's a big Hummer. Yeah, holy, wow. Uh, holy Hummer, Dummity.
1: I've only been in a Hummer once, and it was very small inside.
0: I've never been in a Hummer. Never. It's very feel, squishy. I feel like I should uh, make put that on my bucket list. Get a ride right in a Hummer. Just because go you...
1: to the Hummer store and say you want to buy one and sit in it and leave. That's all.
0: Sneaky. That's Very what I sneak... do. That's what you did?
1: I just pretend that I want to buy a car and I sit in it.
0: And... They don't size you up because <laughs> I might do that with a Tesla. I've been in a Tesla. I've been in Mikey's Tesla, and i it's incredible. I mean, have you ridden in a Tesla? No, never. Zero to 60 is amazing. I mean, you get that rocket ship takeoff thing where it just throws you back. It's really incredible. It, uh, so we went to a uh, baseball game in, in Mikey's, um, Mikey's Tesla, uh, and it, w- it was very impressive. But... Wow.
1: I'm, I'm afraid of Teslas. Why? I heard somewhere, I'm not sure if it's true, that that they can tap into the... It's like a smart car, right?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And um, I, I heard somewhere, I'll have to find it, <laughs> that a man didn't pay his, his bill, so they drove, they made the Tesla self-drive back to the dealer.
0: I could I could see that's a possibility, absolutely. Like but that. in in New York, um, in the, the Teslas are all, all the self driving stuff is disabled. They're not allowed to sell it with any of that automation. Oh, in good. It. In California, they can they have self driving cars, but I would never trust that. No. I wouldn't, because God, you know, you, you know, people are control freaks. I feel bad enough when my wife is driving that. when you know? Are you <laughs> gonna stop? Are you gonna you, know, you gonna hit the brake in time? to trust a robot to do that you've got to really have a lot of faith
1: (laughs) yeah no i don't trust that at all i don't trust anyone around me with a self-driving vehicle
0: yeah no yeah that's part Mm -hmm. of it too i I would be really concerned about that. i
1: don't trust drivers now most of the people that i see when i look out of my window are texting it's so scary they're not even watching the road
0: driving people people driving driving people that's messed up yeah you know, uh, my buddy Kevin uh, Mazur, who is uh, Paul McCartney's favorite, <laughs> favorite photographer, and he's a, a photographer of Rolling Stone, very famous photographer, and he's had a million covers. He was actually at the Oscars the other night shooting mm. Will, Will Smith. Anyway, <laughs> him and his wife uh, were victims of somebody texting, and ba- uh, just lucky to be alive today. They were both, like, uh, completely, their car was completely uh, total on Um, major interstate. I think they were doing, you know, 60 miles an hour with some kids texting, hit them head on and uh, almost killed both of them. They (gasps) are uh, advocates for this whole anti-texting. You know, for one minute to send a text, pull over, stop, do whatever. But uh, We're so bored. We're easily bored that I got to check my phone. I'm bored in traffic. And before you know it, your life could be over. Right. So we're advocates for all this stuff. Anyway, we've been brought to you by Vital Sleep. Uh, go go to the link there. Stop your snoring, uh, or stop the person you love from snoring, so that you can sleep, or and not have to kill them and choke them in their sleep, <laughs> or behead them. Or <laughs> any of yeah, OJ Simpson came out with condemning Will Smith. He's like, he shouldn't have slapped. Uh, <laughs> I said, well, so what? He? Why are you saying he should have cut his head off? <laughs> <that> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, see you in an hour. Bye for now. Okay, goodbye. Are you getting a big Hummer? Uh, or are we out there shopping for Hummers? Everybody getting excited, or are you uh, snorers? We got a bunch of uh, what? What? It's a it's a hot look CPAP. What is CPAP? I don't know. See, i somebody. Uh, I think it was. I think it might have been my guest last night, uh, Shadon Capri, who said, "Imagine uh, just not knowing." Uh, like the cultural norms you know imagine not knowing about and she named a movie or something like or some some culturally hip thing and i'm like that's me man oh, that's me every day i don't know any of that crap <laughs> i mean I, every day i have to ask people uh what does that mean and so craig just uh, did it to me again with the cpap is a hot look i don't know what cpap is kapap Anyway, um, snoring. You snore. I know I snore. I know I snore. I know I got sn- sleep apnea. But thing is, with this um, sleep apnea testing, I think you got to go in the hospital for like. I think. Well, I've heard different. Uh, somebody said three days. Some people. Some somebody told me two weeks. I think two weeks is insane. You can't just give up your life for two weeks. and Go in the hospital and watch them. Have them watch you sleep. And kind of design a sleep apnea cure for you personally. Uh, but sleep apnea can really fuck with your health. It increases your uh, stress levels and just. Uh, it's also a sleep machine that forces air into one's fat face for apnea. Uh, fat face? Are you talking about me? Or my face is fat is that what you're saying i have a fat face yeah i'm just uh i'm now i'm I'm gonna be self-conscious my face fat how's my face looking a little fat fat face uh apnea apnea i believe it's a breathing machine you have to wear better sleep very sexy uh yeah that's that's what most of it is now vital sleep has it's this, it's like a retainer uh thing that kind of keeps the i don't know i don't know how it works continuous positive airway pressure it's a sleep mask thingy. yeah that's what it is thank you chad oh cap Ah, continu- uh, thank you cpap it's a sleep mask thingy. Got ya. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's what, that is definitely what a Vital Sleep is. Now, can you wear one? I don't, I don't know if I could wear one. Uh, it does look like a retainer. Uh, it's like, uh, and they mold it to your mouth. You heat it in hot water for 60 seconds to create molded teeth impressions for a comfortable, secure fit. I don't know. Anything in my mouth when I'm sleeping, that's a tough one on me. I don't want to talk you out of patronizing <laughs> our sponsors. If you're a uh, sleep apnea sufferer, give it a try. I just, I'm just saying. For me, I don't know if I can handle it. I don't, you know. I'm, but I'm a, I'm a different kind of guy. I'm so uh, neurotic about things, uh, and just talk myself that into the fact that oh, it'll never work for me. I can't sleep with something in my mouth. I don't know. Sleep apnea. Uh, Apnea. Uh, it's like sleeping with, with Fane from Batman. <laughs> See? Now, again, culturally hip uh, references uh, leave the dog in the dark. Thanks for spelling it. Uh, not, not great to say yeah. Apnea. A penis. Yeah. Sleep a penis. I definitely have a uh, sleep a penis. My penis goes to sleep before I do. Every day. Uh, penis is early to bed. And never to rise. It's an it's a non rising penis. Uh, appetite. Appetite appetite. Appetite. Appetit. Apetit. Ape says Ape uh. <laughs> This morning's show is brought to you by <laughs> Ape Tit. Get yeah. your Oh. Um Maybe I should uh, just celebrate some Koa coffee. You got your Koa coffee? I understand that uh, our friends, uh, Henry Phillips and uh, Andy Andrews are coffee lovers. I did not know this. Did you know this? I would have never suspected Andy is a coffee uh, guy. Even though Joe Andrus has... Uh, give them a little plug. Even though this is Joe's kind of... Captain Beans... Captain Beans, the light is killing it here. Captain Beans is Joe Andrews' uh, coffee, and it's damn good coffee too. It's right up there with cold coffee. Close, no, it's close. But since he uh, can't afford to pay for a sponsorship, it's not as good. <laughs> That's what I want to say. If he could afford for sponsorship, it would be better. But you know how it goes. I I have to say what I have to say. <laughs> okay. I'm not the Ed McMahon of uh, sponsor live reads, um, but I never was. And it worked on the radio show. It always worked on the radio show. Sponsors were always happy no matter how badly I butchered the sponsorship. So I, I stick with what works, right? Bonus info. Wait. Don't rub your eye with your finger you used to smear the wasabi. Uh, I never had wasabi. I am, again, I, I've led a vet, very sheltered life. Never had wasabi in my life. Never. I know what it is. Wasabi. But um, never had it. There are lots of things I've never done. And I don't, I'm don't. i not going to do before I die. I know I'm not going to. Wasabi's not on my bucket list. I have to tell you that. You should have Joe on. I bet he has stories. Yeah, I should have Joe on, except for, no, not except for. I, I, it's very early for him, but I will... You know what? I'll ask Joe if he wants to be on. I don't know if he's the kind of guy who... who definitely wants that kind of attention. You know, it, it's you, you people. I, I open up the phone lines. I open up, you know, opportunities or, or to come on. And some people just shy about that. But I will definitely ask him. We have the same problem during chili roasting season. What... Uh, Oh yeah, people touching chili peppers and then touching their eyes. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you just do that, Christina? You you had some wasabi and then stuck your finger in your eye. Well, um, don't stick your finger in your eye. It's just like going to the doctor. Well, have you had it before? Well, no, don't again. Uh, uh, okay. Anyway, cold coffee well i you know what i probably look better with wasabi in your eyes so if you're looking at me right now and you see my fat face as craig called it my fat face you want my fat face to look a little better throw some wasabi in your eyes and uh i will enhance my appearance for you that's that's what i'm gonna say i that's my story i'm sticking with it Coa coffee you can see the link across the bottom of the screen now. Get Koa Coffee at MyDogTV.com slash coffee. Coa Coffee is the best coffee in America as rated by Forbes magazine. And you know what that means? That means um, that it's good coffee. No, that's what it means. But coa Coffee, I guarantee if you stuck Koa Coffee in your eye, it would not burn as bad as wasabi. That's, that's the most important thing you need to know because... I know trending. A lot of if you look on Twitter today, uh, trending it says trending. Coffee in your eye um, is trending today for some reason. I don't know why. Um, anyway, we'll be back in a second. I just want to uh, remind you that about Koa Coffee, the greatest coffee in America. And in a few minutes, I think Chris Kettler will, Kettler will be here. Anyway, Coa Coffee, get yours. I got this episode is brought to you by koa coffee if you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee hawaii has to offer no blends no compromise try the true taste of aloha koa coffee produces premium hawaiian coffee hand-picked expertly roasted and delivered from hawaii to your door with aloha From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Manaloa Volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality and their awards proven. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called. The best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. com slash coffee. Yeah. You know what? I have a photo Photoshop challenge now. Uh, I have a, a cool Photoshop challenge now thanks to the chat room and Christina. Uh, This is a great thing. I'm going to have to get a chili pepper and um, kind of put Charlie's head on it and start a thing called the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, That's my Photoshop challenge today. Uh, People out there with Photoshop, good with Photoshop, if if you can do it, if you don't know who Greg Charlie is, find out. Find out on your own. Just uh, Google Greg Charlie and see what comes up. Or go to Twitter and just put in Greg Charlie. And I'm sure you'll find them there. So uh, you can find, and um, maybe maybe the weird hair will actually play into the the chili pepper look. Um, I'm expecting uh, Chris Kettler to join us today. Now, Chris, <laughs> I would not be surprised if he doesn't show up today. Uh, he was here Monday morning, and uh, just about the time the schedule guest Dan Collins was supposed to come on and I had to tell him you're already here on the wrong day. And he said, Oh, I'm on the wrong podcast today. So, um, he's from actually not from George. He's from Ritman, Ohio currently, uh, Oh, from Altamont Springs, Florida, currently living in Ritman, Ohio. So, but, um, since so he had the day wrong the other day. It, there's a good chance. <laughs> he, may, he may have it, uh, um wrong i'm just reading his post i'm doing a podcast interview wednesday and the host just interviewed paul mccartney i'm now the fifth beetle
2: <laughs>
0: why am i laughing like that well hey, i don't know um again tune in 8 p.m it looks like uh 8 p.m uh friday night which is april fool's day but it's not an april fool's joke and you have uh you can take uh you can uh, sort of um anyway <laughs> tune in 8 p.m uh wednesday night uh for for that now that should be uh a fun and maybe surprising for some chat so we'll we'll be looking forward to that and i hope you can join me for that i'm gonna leave the cold coffee link up there because you people are not consuming enough coffee this is what i'm hearing the people at at koa are getting back to me and saying listen we're, we're sending out a lot of coffee but i don't think anybody's actually drinking it uh so they're not drinking enough of it you have to really what i want you to do probably two full pots a day is what I prescribe of coa coffee. And you will see a great improvement in your life. You will find out that uh first of all, you'll be up for the morning show every single day. And your, you know, the system, the um you're gonna poop a lot better. Coa coffee. Straight poop from this from a straight man. Anyway, um I'll don't wait, Craig's saying he'll donate five dollars to Andy's Venmo if the ladies can make him blush. Uh, who? Andy's blush or me uh, and these venmo well, if the ladies can make him blush who's the him that's what I want to know uh, anyway my guest is in the in the back room there I see him getting ready I don't know if he's quite ready yet so I'm just gonna keep um, ra- rambling for a minute here while while we uh, while he gets ready I'm just pulling up uh, see what else is going on here tonight very uh important program tonight especially for the um people who are interested in what's going on in eastern europe right now uh, brigadier general peters weck who was a uh, attache to moscow uh and has spent 30 years uh becoming an expert on russia and ukraine will be my guest tonight and we'll talk about all of what's going on there and a lot of the uh conspiracy theory or the the bullshit and propaganda and and talking points coming out of russia about the whole situation and my friends out there in russia we do have quite a few people in russia right now and i'm looking at the coffee with the dog stats every day uh we're seeing more and more russians uh downloading the program which is unusual to me i you know i could see how it's because they're getting limited access to some things on, on different networks like YouTube and stuff. They're finding this on VK and, and tuning in during the day. But to find them going to the actual podcast and downloading the audio version, kind of encouraging, but I'm just wondering what what the... Uh, what's in it that, that would... Because re- most of our stuff, uh, honestly, I mean, if I'm being honest, most of the uh, content uh, is United States... Centric, sometimes UK. uh, But beyond that, what somebody in Russia might be interested in, what the hell I have to say in the morning. But they seem to be. So, uh, Craig, if you could be a little more specific who the him is. Is the him Andy or me? Who are they trying to make blush? Anyway, Chris Kettler is is here today. Chris, as I mentioned, is a stand-up comic originally from... Altamont Springs, Florida. Uh, now he works at Crackpots Comedy Club in, I believe it's Rickman, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Chris Kettler to Coffee with the Dog. Chris, welcome.
3: Good morning, Matt. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for being here.
3: Uh, it's an honor. Thanks for having me out, sir. Uh,
0: all right. So I understand you're the fifth beetle now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I could only hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're getting back together. That's the plan. Right?
0: Yeah. Well,
3: Congratulations I, on that interview, sir.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, Friday night at 8 p.m. Uh, people right. think it's an April Fool's joke, but it's not. Uh, and yeah. I'm trying to assure them that. So they're going to have to mm-hmm. tune in to find out for real. Um, but it would be a little difficult to have a, a full reunion now since two of the guys are dead. But yeah. that hasn't stopped some bands. Uh, this is true. Tell me about about what you do, because uh, do you like a regular at Crackpots? Well what? Uh,
3: actually, I am the proprietor of Crackpots Comedy Club. I uh, I started out doing comedy and uh, continued to do comedy, and uh, about nine years ago, started producing shows.
0: And you bought a club.
3: Well, I bought a I I I leased a, a building and open a business in it so i didn't buy an existing club i created a new comedy club from scratch in northeast ohio
0: interesting you know yeah. uh ohio now this is going to be a really strange for people who are uh uh coast-centric people who live on either the left coast or the right coast of this country i've had so many people on from ohio in all aspects of culture from fashion designers to filmmakers comedians to film uh, uh did i say filmmakers already musicians bands uh, you name it right down the line coming out of ohio there's something going on in ohio and people laugh at me when i say this but and because i've said it several times culturally <laughs> It seems to be something in the water in Ohio that is is, is uh, making it a mo- much more culturally hip place to be. Am I, am I on to something there or am I just kind of imagining? No, Matt,
3: you, you hit the nail on the head. And the strange thing is Northeast Ohio has been that way for hundreds of years. I mean, entertainers have come out of this area. For decades upon decades, it's been a cultural center. A hundred years ago, it rivaled with Paris, France, Cleveland, Ohio did. Uh, Some of the homes and the cemeteries, they modeled the cemetery in Cleveland after the cemetery in Paris. Uh, Northeast Ohio is a hotbed of cultural activity, Um, just incredible, I think.
0: You know, I, I didn't even when I when I was saying that Cleveland didn't even come into my mind. though you know really most get it's kind of credited as the home of rock and roll, birthplace oh, yeah. of rock and roll, and all that stuff. That was I was thinking more of Dayton, Columbus, and those kind of places. Uh so. Where you are now, Ritman, where is that located in the state? I don't even, I'm not sure. Well,
3: Ritman's where I reside, and it's a very small rural community in Wayne County. It's less than uh, 4,000 people, which is really strange for me to end up here having grown up in a suburb of Orlando, Florida. But I'll tell you, I couldn't be happier. Uh, My friends don't like it because often on a nice day like today in the spring, you'll, uh, you'll be overwhelmed by the smell of the fields being fertilized if you (laughs) follow. And it's just not everybody's favorite scent, you know. But uh, it keeps undesirables away, too, that
0: way. Yeah.
3: But uh, Maslin is where my comedy club is, and it's about an hour south of Cleveland.
0: I always south of Cleveland, so you're up there. So you get some pretty cold winters. Then coming from Florida, that's got to be an adjustment. No?
3: You know, I made that move back in uh, '88, and wow. it was it was hell, man. I'm gonna be honest. Making a move from a tropical temperate zone to uh, a place that has four seasons. Sometimes we get four seasons in one day, like today. We have a threat of snow, ice, rain, and then 71 degree temperatures all in the same day. That is no lie. Interesting. Yeah, only in Ohio.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I have only spent one night in Cleveland that I can remember in my whole life. And it was basically <laughs> on, on a bus trip from uh, New Mexico to Buffalo that we had a layover of about eight hours in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being on a radio program. Uh, I was walking the streets with a guitar and there was an over uh, right on the side of the street, like a storefront radio station that was operating overnight. And I was just standing out in front of it with a guitar and the guy started banging on the window. Like, Come on in. I'm like, what? I'm like 18 years old or something. But and I ended up being story. on. Uh, yeah, I, I ended up playing a song, an original song, on the radio <laughs> overnight in Cleveland, and never, it's just an odd memory to have. But uh, <laughs> my memory of it was it was just so brutally cold. It was like February, and it was just like one of the coldest places I've ever been, and that's that's what yes. stuck
3: with me. All, all yes, I would agree. I would agree with you. It can be brutal in
0: February in Cleveland. So, so when did you start in comedy?
3: Uh, Well, I started in comedy about 13 years ago. uh, After my wife left me, I had decided I needed someplace to say uh, mean, dirty, nasty things. And uh, for some reason, I went to an open mic. And of course, like often is the case, I totally sucked. Uh, But some people saw something and uh, worked with me and nurtured me and uh, I had some private coaching. The club owner made sure I always got a good spot and uh, I learned the art, really, because that's what it is and that's what it takes. You got to be a student, a pupil of it and study. And uh, I've been very fortunate,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you forgiven your your ex-wife yet?
3: I, uh, You know what? I have to praise her because I wouldn't have had uh, the life that I've had the last 13 years, which is incredibly blessed. I mean, I really have found my happy spot if it wasn't for her up and leaving me, man. Uh, so, you know, kudos to her for doing the dirty deed, but set me on a path that I'm having the best time of my life. You a know? lot
0: of art is bo- born out of that kind of stuff. I can tell you, every breakup that I've ever had in a relationship has as cool. produced all, all of my best uh, material as far as music I would goes. Agree. And uh, when I was first started in radio, uh, and i was right after i had gotten a divorce and i was like i was so brutal to my ex-wife i used to say i called my band the i hate my wife blues band and, and uh <laughs> and just like every now i was just ripping her to shreds and she didn't deserve it she you know it was but it, i know breakups can do that especially if you're if you're trying to be funny uh though that stuff can can definitely give you a lot to work with but sometimes
3: well for you... me it fueled me it fueled me I was uh it was it was just a way of of uh coping with that situation but that developed and changed as I grew in into the craft of comedy which is really cool
0: right where uh was there any desire to do, do it as a young man did you ever think about doing stand-up when you were like high school I don't know uh, yeah.
3: you know I was I, I had ambitions to do music that was my thing I wanted to be a rock star me too and, uh, <laughs> I like yeah, a lot exactly you know years and years of practicing and spending money just to eventually realize that I don't have musical talent it was one of those <laughs> things I had to play every day just to be um uh, moderately good you know what I mean <laughs> And That's if I didn't answers. practice every day, it, it, I was like, I landslided and such. So, um, so eventually I came to the realization an acoustic guitar in the backyard with friends and family is about good enough for me, you know?
0: You know, I, I've been there several times in my life, but uh, for some reason I still get back. I can't not gig. And I, I, I feel like I probably was born without any musical, devoid of any musical talent, like the least musically talented, gifted person. But <laughs> but I, 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 I continue to work at it and, and try to, you know, for whatever it is, but, uh, you know, improve. But here's the thing I think about this, because it's funny you say that, because I think a lot of us go through that uh, realization that I wasn't born with Paul McCartney's kind of, gift talent, or, and I'm just using him as an, uh, an example out of that. Somebody who was incredibly gifted, born with an ear and just an ability to create. Um, wasn't born with that, but there's that doesn't mean you can't have a life in it and because there are a lot of people who you know i look at pete rose in baseball you know the guy who was, didn't mm. seem to have any physical gifts at all but he worked really hard and they called him charlie hustle and he made a career out of it mm-hmm. i think you can do that in music i think you can do that in comedy i think you can do that in anything if you're really determined enough to do it part of the problem as you probably are, are well aware by now especially being now an owner and it's, it's just a struggle of the business for a lot of artists and some of some of it is you have to sometimes you have to settle for being dirt poor if you're gonna uh, be the artist and and live the life <laughs> uh you can't expect to have you know the mansion on the hill if you're not born with great talent or any of that stuff but you can still do it that's just the, your your take on what i just said you got any feedback uh, on that
3: so what you're saying, if I if I understood you, I think you're saying it it just depends where your heart is. Well, yeah. Some people some people have the burning desire to, to create, and they cannot not produce something artistic. It doesn't matter if they're living on the street or in a mansion; they've got to produce something. Am I right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. A, you got to have the. It's in there. It's something you have to express. You know, uh, but but in the same sense, you have to balance that, I think you were saying, with the business end of it. If you don't have a bit of a business savvy, um, it's really hard to get off the streets and, and sometimes into a, a performance venue, you know, kind of thing. To,
0: to speak Absolutely, of. I and I had a guest on who was a creativity expert, so and, and she's a uh, you know, very wealthy person who works with art, art dealers, and galleries, and all this stuff. And she wrote a book on creativity, and we talked a little bit about this left brain, right brain thing, and my mm. feeling that there are so many artists by nature are not good business people, and then they get into it because they, you know, let's face it, I wanted to be a rock star because I didn't want to work <laughs> and I didn't want to have to learn about business and all that stuff. And there are a lot of people like me who, whatever you creative outlet is you got into it because all that straight laced and responsibility Nine to five, and all again yeah. friday
3: you know? so
0: so you had to come from that so now being a business owner have you learned to kind of use the different part of your brain to become a a savvy business person because uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like it's a natural thing for somebody who was more artistically inclined or or interested in music and, and comedy and that kind of stuff
3: so I guess I'm kind of blessed because I feel like I have a great uh, business background. I have a degree in business in college. I uh, Prior to doing all of this, it, you wouldn't have recognized me 13 years ago. as corporate America, short hair, clean shaven, suit and tie and all that. So I have a business background and I have other startup businesses that I've uh, worked at. Uh, and develop. So at this point, I'm retiring those businesses and going all in on the comedy club. But it does take a different mindset, especially, I think, in this ever-changing day and age. you got to be able to step out of the box, I think, and really look at things from a different perspective and do things differently. If you're doing the same thing that was done 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I don't think you're going to be as successful as you could be in this day and age. It really requires creative uh, approach to doing business, and uh, that's what I try to do. I try to do things a little bit different. Uh, A wise guy once told me when you're starting a business that uh, the greatest mistake people will make is they focus on making money. People go into business because they want to make money and be rich, and if you focus on that, you're going to miss The opportunity, the purpose of starting a business, I found, and this is where I've been successful. This is a million dollar tip is to provide a needed service. If you live in a community and there's no laundromat and you open a laundromat, you're going to be very successful. There's a need. And that's what I did. I took an area that had no live entertainment and introduced live entertainment and uh, it's meeting a need. So
0: well, that is—you're right. That is uh, not just million-dollar life uh, advice. That is life advice, precious life advice. I think, and uh, I've gone down this road so many times before with with conversations that people, in especially young people in today's culture, care about fame. They care about wealth. They, you know, but not necessarily attaching it to. Being of uh, filling a need, first being a giver, first find out what you can add to society, put out there, uh, fill a need for somebody else to get back what what you really want out of life. They just want fame for the sake of fame. They want riches for the sake of riches without thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to add to the world? What, what, What can I give to society or the world or my community that will be of value? And so, uh, yeah, I think you're right. That is absolutely great advice. But I have to uh, go back a little bit because you said a wise guy uh one said now uh for me for where i come from, I, I think you mean a wise man because for me a wise guy is, is something why b- a a
3: we, we can use a wise man not a wise guy I mean, no because yeah. there
0: are wise guys who will give you business advice let me tell you chris <laughs> you gotta run this place a little bit when you need to get kickback okay um so crackpots in in the area that you're in now. Uh, how how big is the community? Are you open up like all week long? Is it or or is it just weekends? Or
3: um, right now we're open Thursday through Sundays, but we're looking to expand and add a fifth day, and uh, that's because it's been so popular with doing um, bringing in independent producers to run their own shows on those days. So it's it's growing. Yeah, we're open uh, just really four nights a week after six p.m. And uh, that's what I do for a living. 6, yeah. <laughs>
0: six, six p.m., good for you. I mean, uh, you know, doing what you love is a precious thing. It, it, it's more important than anything. You know, being happy in what you do every day and having a, a reason and a passion, a reason to get out of bed in the morning and do doing something you really want to do with your life, it's the greatest gift anybody can have. I do have to acknowledge that Sugar Cat, uh, I did not know about the Charlie, uh, uh the Sugar uh, chili pepper challenge thank you for letting me know about that I, this is news <laughs> to me um so in your area a lot of comedians or are you getting people coming from out of the area to to work at crack crackpots uh i can't imagine you you like uh have a like a thousands of comedians in your area or am i, am I wrong <laughs>
3: well again you know northeast ohio cleveland youngstown large metropolitan markets there's a lot of comedy scene uh, the thing is the scene i felt wasn't the scene that it could be um, because the thing is is like this part of the country where i live northeast ohio is geographically centered between the two largest comedy meccas in the world to our East New York City and to our West Chicago. I mean, when you think comedy, those are the two cities you probably would think of, you know, and uh, we're midway between those two points. And so it's been my objective since day one of producing to capitalize on that and be able to uh, bring more talent to this part of the country and, and create a huger scene, hopefully. But uh, we get comedians not only from Northeast Ohio, which you, you know, you have to have the local support in order to succeed, but we get comedians uh, from around the country. And I'm not talking about just headliners that we hire to bring in, but I mean, I have people who are making the trip to do auditions. I've had people that are coming from L.A., from uh, Florida, Atlanta, New York, all over to come out and and uh get in front of us you know very
0: cool very cool well if you uh you should uh uh uh, keep an eye on this program because i have different comedians on every day or just about every day some days i've had musicians on and filmmakers and stuff like that but almost every day we have a different comedian on some of them are established some of them are trying to make it but just Mm -hmm. uh you know if you see anybody here that's that's uh has any promise or or maybe there's some synchronicity there is all i'm saying there. So mm-hmm. i i want to be as helpful as i can to uh and supportive of i can to people who are trying to to do something with their life uh, i know it's very difficult in getting started out um so a lot of self-producing is i, I mean these young producers are coming on and putting shows together themselves at least that's what i'm getting from the people in my area like a lot of the shows are not necessarily uh put on by the comedy club but by independent producers that's is that what you're doing as well
3: well that's what we're offering on the wednesday nights uh we're offering individuals to independently produce that's how i started and I feel it's important to be able to give that opportunity to other people. And we just don't open up the room. We do a lot of coaching and developing. We workshops. workshops. I was
0: going to ask you, like the, the mentorship of how to do it right. You're involved in that.
3: You know, again, opening a comedy club, I felt there was a great responsibility to the community and to the culture of comedy so, you know, there's things that we want to do. Like we have a lending library where if you're a comedian and you want to learn, there's books that are available at no cost to you. You just sign them out and hopefully you're going to bring them back and, you you know, to help expand your, your uh, base there, your educational base. We offer workshops for people to develop, not only as a comedian, but into positions that are important in productions of a show, like how to correctly and properly MC a show. And stuff. So things like that. We also were taking comedians that are looking to grow and expand and we're getting them booked in other cities and other states and stuff because of my networking. So I have comedians that are going to Charlotte, South Carolina. I've got comedians that are going to Pittsburgh, PA that we've worked with. And uh, we're helping them get these bookings. And these are things I feel a club should be doing, you know, um, Yeah. As, as well. Here's a revolutionary idea. I feel we have a merchandise consignment shop. So you're a comedian. You're on the road. You sell your merchandise that weekend. You're at the club. But when that weekend's over, you pack your stuff up and move on to the next location. And nobody can see your wares again until you come back, either six months, eight months, a year later. Well, at Crackpots, we'll consign your merchandise for you. We have an agreement form. We'll inventory it. And when your merchandise sells, we'll reimburse you for the money for the, your your items. Of course, we mark it up and make a small percentage off of it as well. But we're helping keep your brand visible to people who enjoy comedy week after week. I don't know wait, any other wait. club that's doing that. You yeah what, what, a,
0: what a great great idea you know and it's a simple idea it's not like a you know it's not like uh, splitting the atom but what a great uh no. service great uh, you know why aren't more people doing that it just makes so much sense uh very cool stuff right. there um so uh what advice do you give to people when, when starting out like and in, in producing these nights because so i'm imagining some some people have never done it before and you mentioned mentorship and stuff but what how do you know if somebody's looking to get started in that uh because oh, is it just a great get a, a network go online and find people in your area that you say they're funny right but that's not always the case
3: (laughs) yeah it usually starts out that somebody like myself you decide hey i've got no experience but i can do this you know i don't know what i'm doing really but i think i can do this and so you gather a couple of your friends that are in your clique, and that's usually how it starts so um what we try to do in our mentoring is to show them things that are important one of the things that i think is of the utmost importance is you have to do what's not expected of them uh, for the guests. So for example, if you have a room and you have a show going on, if you don't play music in the background before the start of the show, all right, which is a very simple thing, people are going to say hey wow it would have been so nice if they had just played some music you know what i mean that yeah. it's the it's the it's the little things that make a difference in in a production uh, you, we could go on and on about how to find and source and, and and do all those kind of things but i think the biggest thing to know from my experience in production is you got to do the the little things that people expect if you don't hit those little things if you don't have proper form Then they're gonna say oh this was very amateurish
0: oh very cool yeah nobody wants to
3: spend money for amateurs you know
0: yeah yeah and the the experience back when i was in the hair and beauty industry (laughs) and uh and one of the many many career. people uh, every time I, I bring up one of my past careers like he did that too um <laughs> spent years in the hair and beauty industry and did a lot of consulting with salon owners and it always came down to you, you know because uh, people are shocked to find that that sometimes women will spend hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars sometimes on and they have uh, you, afternoon or a few hours at a beauty salon and like what makes the difference between that and uh lemon tree where you can go and get your hair cut for twenty dollars or whatever and the difference is the experience it's 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 making it an experience that you know where they feel pampered they feel like all those extra things like they don't they don't get in other places i think that's what you're talking about and i think that's a, yeah yeah. Cool, uh, yeah i
3: say to my team every week when we start we're creating memories for people these are things that they're going to remember they're going to go home and they're going to share it with other people they're going to go back to work and say boom 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 it is a memory you're creating for somebody when you do it and do it right so it's a it, like you said it's the experience
0: damn you're an inspirational dude man you should be you should be giving <laughs> ted talks on this stuff uh... I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it now. I, everybody's talking about. It. Everybody's so tired of talking about it, and I don't want to focus on just the incident, but I do want to talk about the, basically the the attitude uh, that that that's behind the incident. Now, of course, I'm talking about the Oscar thing, the slap. Have you ever seen anybody? Because uh, people heckle all the time, but have you ever seen anybody get violent in your club with the, with with a the comic at all?
3: In the last year, I actually saw a comedian who, uh, a very similar situation to what we're talking about, and a gentleman got up from his table, from his wife, approached the stage and threw a glass of water on the comedian while he was on stage. So I have seen things similar uh, and such. So it's, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think the greatest takeaway from, from that event is two wrongs don't make a right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's, that event, I you know, and I know people are thinking like that that's the most important thing in the world and it's lit up uh, social media in the last couple of days. But I think that's a microcosm of not necessarily what's really going on. It's not like happening every day in comedy clubs, but uh, it's a microcosm of the way, the attitude towards comedians today is that uh, people i've never seen a, a an era like this where people w- go to entertainment looking for something to piss them off and get upset yes. about Yes, uh, it's, it's just a very what do you what do you make of that is it is it the culture is kind of celebrating um uh, uh, being offended or mm. what
3: Well, first, I'm going to say I'm not an expert on that this subject, but I can only speak from my uh, from what I see. Um, a lot of it, I think, is just just a few bad apples ruin it for the whole the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's just a few bad apples in there, and I think, in my opinion, again, not being an expert, but it's there are times when there's some people that are in the room that are just too woke. And they don't understand comedy. Comedy is taking is often taking an uncomfortable situation, and and bringing that uncomfortable situation to ahead, making it very well known, and then pulling it back and bringing the laugh out of it and stuff. And again, that's what happened at the Oscars. You know, he took an uncomfortable situation, but somebody, as we often see in this day and age, got a little bit upset
0: about it. So. Yeah yeah you know what uh we all like to think we know what happened at the oscars but i think uh we don't and i think there was some personal stuff that was boiling over because uh having done a little bit of research post about it it seems like they had those two guys had quite a long relationship there's lots of uh stuff about with them together and and all three of them together uh, uh, Chris Rock and, and, and Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith all yes. together. And like, there's something personal deeper. I think that was just a trigger moment, but uh, who knows, but that's knows? not that the, the issue I think, and we're going to go to the happy minute and change, change gears in, in a second. But, um, the issue, I think, is how people deal. Like in your club, is if somebody's getting unruly heckling, is it the comedian's job to deal with it, or when, did, when does it become the club's uh, uh, responsibility to deal with it uh, and all that stuff? Is, so yeah. we've uh,
3: recently posted a we're posting a sign at the front that says heckling is not an acceptable form of behavior. Uh, so <laughs> when you when you come into the club, it's right there for you. So as the owner, I personally feel responsible to provide an environment for the artist to do their, their utmost in their art, the best that they can do. I try to provide that culture and community inside my four walls. But in the same sense, I want to balance that with an enjoyment for the guests. So there's times when you have an unruly customer, a guest who wants to talk or whatever, you know, be loud, disruptive. And the first and foremost thing is I do is I immediately approach them and say, hey, you know, we're gonna ask you to quiet it down. If I have to come back again, I will ask you to leave. And I make it perfectly clear on the first visit, you know? and hopefully that's going to resolve it and often it does but there are times just last weekend i had to throw out a party of four drunk women you know and they one starred me on google reviews and the whole nine yards we had to call the police because they were when they were asked to leave now they want to throw a toddler tantrum inside a comedy club and it's just you know, it's ridiculous um, yeah,
0: yeah you know
3: I tell people if you went to the theater to see a live performance if you went to the th- movie theater to see the Batman you wouldn't scream and yell and talk or be on your phone you know <laughs> this is a live art there's nothing different okay and so so and the and and, and there are people I had a, a conversation the other day with somebody I had a conversation with somebody who feels that heckling a comedian is part of their God given right to go to a comedy show. And I'm like, you could not be more wrong, sir. You, yeah. know?
0: you could yeah, not no. be more wrong. Well, I don't know what it is about comedy, because you, you're right when you talk about other. Other art form. Nobody has that attitude. If they're going to see a no. band, that I have a right to go yell stuff, at, you know, or, or interrupt the performance and make it all about me. Just occurred to me when you were saying that, though. If somebody is like the, I mean, four drunk women, that's going to be hard to. But if it's just like a <laughs> guy, a guy who's just like trying to outdo the comic and trying to be funny against him, you know, or trying to. Uh, mess with it. Mm -hmm. I would go over and say listen, we have open mic nights here on Wednesday. If you want to try it and see what it's like come come then, but be quiet now, please.
3: Yeah, and, that, and that's another great way to do it if you have an individual and such. So invite them, you know. Right. Uh, we're fortunate we have two rooms. We have two showrooms. We have a large showroom that seats 200 and a smaller room that seats about 60 people. So often a group that's un, that's being unruly, I'll just ask them if they want to come over to the other room and, and stuff. So, you know, we have that ability as well. But, you know, I it it, it, it takes away from the other people who've paid good money, who've, probably hired a babysitter etc cetera, etc cetera, to come out and have an enjoyable evening and for them to be shortchanged because of one or a few people is not acceptable
0: at yeah. my place. the way cool, i feel cool stuff uh it's time for the happy minute uh please yeah. hang with us and join us here i think you'll enjoy this segment uh the lovely Kiara is here let's get to the happy minute There she is. Good morning. Girl. Good to see you back again. Uh, meet Chris. Chris and, and Kiera. Uh, nice yeah. to meet you. Good morning. Uh, so Chris is a uh, comedy club owner out of uh, Ohio. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, Kiera, that Ohio is like um, the cultural hub of, of the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place where... I did I'm, not uh, know
2: that. It's well, a place. <laughs> several films I've
0: had Uh, no exaggeration. I've had five independent filmmakers. I've had Mm -hmm. uh, two fashion, um, magazine or, or fashion stylists out of, out of Ohio. Lots of comedians, uh, bands, all this kind of stuff is going on in the state of Ohio. And, uh, chris uh actually pointed out because i forgot even about cleveland if the, the you know home of rock and roll is in ohio you know i don't think when i think of ohio i think of cincinnati i think of dayton i think of columbus and you know i don't cleveland for some reason i feel like that's like canada <laughs> <laughs> no canada doesn't even like
3: cleveland <laughs> well just
0: because i guess because of my experience there we're feeling like i was in the arctic or something uh, oh. it's, it's very cold cleveland Cleveland, the cold w- winter town. Anyway, uh, so you got something besides Hummers for us this this happy minute? I do. I were waiting for m- more Hummers. We, we... Were oh. you? Oh, I'm sorry. That's what? No, uh, well, That's very low of me. Oh
1: my goodness! Why? I don't even get it. Never mind.
0: <laughs> you don't get. You don't know what a Hummer is. <laughs> uh, besides the Hummer no. that you showed, the Hummer is a. Uh, I'll I'll let Matt explain it to you. <laughs> what, what is it? it? It's it's a sexual innuendo kind of What does uh, it
1: mean?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. No. Go, Google know. it. Yeah, Google. I don't Google want it. I tell my mom scared. Google. That's it. why last night when you said you had a story about a hummer, my first reaction was, "Oh my god, no. No. <laughs> what are you talking what? about?" Hummer what? is like, hummer is like a fellatio while, while you're humming. There you what? go.
1: What is the who does that? I'm sorry. Women, Never um,
0: mind.
2: Uh Hold on, get,
0: Hold on. Uh, this girl Brenda. Hold on. Oh, you want to know who does that? I'm just <laughs> good girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh anyway, my gosh. I'm anyway. Sorry. <laughs> See, this is what you get when you're. I'm sorry. I'm really. I was sorry just so.
1: I was so happy so looking at my window. I I replaced my bird feeders. And and a cardinal is, is outside, and it made me so happy. And now I'm not, because now I'm thinking about that. And,
0: and well, Hummers. The, the other part of that, the Hummer, I looked up the Hummer house when you mentioned the Hummer story last night. And there's a Hummer house in Texas that uh, <laughs> I guess the family is named the Hummers, but they are, they also, uh, it's a hummingbird sanctuary. So Ooh. that's the other Hummer thing. So you look at your bird feeders. You have hum- hummingbirds there? Because I have them here.
1: Just no, I I just put out my hummingbird feeder. I I've never seen one.
0: You would I'm mistake waiting. them for bees because they're like that. They're, you, cause they you could they dart around like bees, and they're like that. They're really small, yeah. so I, I often.
1: I've never of, seen them.
0: Oh, you've come seen to my them? House. We get hundreds of them. We got oh. I have them at my house all the time, and my wife is really good at. Um, Attracting them somehow, like they'll come and she she can hold out like a piece of fruit and they'll just kind of come at it and just like stab at it and stay in the stay hum, hovering there and just kind of stab at it a little bit and then take wow. off, and they're gone. I mean, like boom! So, wow, now you know all about every kind of hummer you could possibly know. You have your cars, you have your uh sex act, and you have your bird. Oh,
3: in the, in the
0: Texas family, this, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're all wow. about hummers here this morning, So, but you're going to change the subject and we're going to get off of hummers now, right?
1: Yes, I am going to talk about birds, though. Okay. They're still on birds. Birds. All right. So according to AP News, a flamingo that escaped Kansas a Kansas zoo in 2005 has been spotted in Texas. Listen, in Wichita, Kansas, one of two flamingos that escaped from a Kansas zoo during a storm 17 years ago has been spotted on the coast of Texas, wildlife officials say. They they identified him because he had the uh, a number number four ninety two on his leg band. He had a little so, leg band, so they know it was him.
0: He was like a, he was a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp.
3: Yeah, That's what I'm thinking, right?
1: Seventeen years later, they see him in Texas. I mean, what? the flamingos.
0: <laughs> did Did you do any research for us and let us know what is the average lifespan of a flamingo? Because I would have thought I, seventeen years is.
1: Uh, I'm gonna look that up right now because that that just came. What is the? It seems like an
0: awful long time for a flamingo to live. And the other part of it, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, it's not as cold as Cleveland, but it's not Florida. And I don't, I can't imagine flamingos thriving even in a zoo in Wichita, Kansas. It just seems very odd. I mean, they I can see get the hell out of there. if if it went from Orlando, Florida, I could understand to Texas or you know. Louisiana, he, did, I
1: mean. he he migrated to texas he's with a flock of of wild flamingos they live for up to 20 years in the wild in so. the
0: wild so this bird is like uh it's, it's like an old <laughs> it's like ready for the old flamingos home now yeah he's 17. but did, did, what part of texas was it corpus, corpus christi or galveston somewhere on the beach because the birds are not cold weather birds
1: let me see Hold on, I lost my article because I was looking up the lifespan. Oh, that's
0: fine. That of the,
1: be... of, I'm going to look. Just I'm going to find it. It says Texas. Let's see if there's any other. No, it just says no, Texas. Just what tex- is that?
3: Texas it's is kind of a state, you
0: know? Yeah, that's like saying, yeah, just come to Texas and and we'll find oh. you.
1: <laughs> I, I see. Uh, uh, Point it's a in sanctuary Cox state Bay.
0: for flamingos. <laughs> Rose Point, what?
1: In Cox Bay.
0: Cox Bay. Oh, no,
1: we're
0: back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Maybe he me. was
1: looking for a, a Hummer. Oh.
0: Flamingo <laughs> <laughs> Hummer.
2: <laughs> I got a,
0: a Hummer from a Flamingo. Anyway, uh, that that is uh, just a really birdie story. Uh, uh, well, I, I appreciate that. I don't know. What would we uh, file that under? Is that happy news? Is that funny news? Is that just weird news? weird uh, news? What is I think
1: that? it's that's happy. He has he escaped and he's found birds you know, and feather. that's
0: a good point. He found freedom and we should be uh, celebrating the bird's right to live the life he wants. He he's living the dream. He's he's yeah. connecting with his true purpose in life. We we yeah. the bird. We didn't get a name for the bird. Just uh, am 40169. <laughs> <is it>? Yeah. <laughs> prisoner
1: 492. Hey, they don't they don't sell uh, bird feed for flamingos cuz that'd be cool. I mean, we don't live where flamingos are, but if you do, it'd be cool if they flew up to your house, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think they need bird feeders. They're kind of big, right? They can hop. <laughs> I think they go one leg, right? Flamingos, are they love that one leg thing. So they yeah. would be like hopping birds. <laughs> I didn't even know they fly because he didn't. He... This is interesting. I didn't know flamingos were flight birds mm-hmm. because I think I just thought, like chickens, are, uh, but turkeys fly. Do you have turkeys? I, I, I
1: per- yeah, they're
0: yeah. scary. And when they take off, it's like a pterodactyl. I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 their, their wingspan is gigantic, and they make this noise. I swear, it's scary as hell when you. Awkward looking, aren't they? It's an awkward
3: looking bird.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: have you ever been attacked by a turkey yet?
0: No. no. <laughs> no. Okay. No, you, that's a good point. I've been attacked by just about everything else, but not turkeys, and um, yet. right yet. <laughs> But if I go out there today, I bet you there's 20 or 30 turkeys in my yard right now. It's terrifying. Yeah, are very it can, scary. It can be when they take off, I'm telling you. Uh, you, you laugh, but if, if you ever experience it, it's like, wow, man, dinosaur birds or something. They're so big. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, well, thank you for that. That was a, a great thing. This segment has been brought to you by Southwest Airlines Rapid Rewards, earning on every flight that's the point join rapid rewards to and points you can use on for any seat anytime no blackout dates and points don't expire as a rapid rewards member this is a lot to read you can uh, your points uh, you earn points by flying or spending with their partners which you basically when you buy shoes or buy um, I don't know bird feeders or something <laughs> you can earn points and you can use them h- how and when you want plus if you're short on points which let's face it who isn't short on points? You can always purchase more to get your reward that you've been eyeing. Booking a vacation without worrying about blackout dates. That's transparency. Boy, that's a lot to read. Anyway, that's who sponsors Kier is. happy minute. Thanks for thanks for coming. We'll see you tomorrow. And we're all a little happier now. Bye for now. <laughs> Good. Uh cat says Kiara is so sweet and innocent. You should—you got to come to a rock and forty-five gig, and we'll change your mind about that. Anyway, uh, thanks for sitting through that part. So, um, you got turkeys? What? What? Your rural, your rural area? What do you got?
3: Oh, we've got them all. We've got the wild turkeys—an abundance of wild turkeys. Uh, let's see—we got red fox, gray fox, a lot of deer, wolves, coyotes, bear. Wow.
0: Wow! Just about really? Everything like that. Bear? Oh, you know,
3: yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah bear yeah. would they scare bear me. To that, that wander in from, well, they're little like honey bears. They're they're not, but I mean, they're still bears. They're scary. You don't want to. You know, it's not like you're gonna walk up and pet it. But they're they're like oversized raccoons. They basically get into your trash cans.
0: Yeah, I'm on an island, so we're kind of bears. isolated. We don't get bears here because there are bears upstate, and of course, there are bears in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, but we uh-huh, don't get. Bears. Uh-huh. You know we get uh, basically turkeys and deer that's basically all we have I'm in a rural area but we don't have a lot of a lot of that stuff anyway back to back to the comedy stuff so um, in your in crackpots now here, here's the kind of thing that sometimes people are going to see a specific comedian and they're they understand what that comedian is all about, but sometimes people are going for a, to a comedy club just for comedy, not knowing who's there, and can be surprised by the content of a comedian's act. So, how do you how do you deal? You know, when people are coming to and expecting a clean show, or something or not knowing what to expect, is that is that a yeah, and how do you deal with that? Like the idea that people might not be ready for what they're about to see. <laughs> oh,
3: that, that's a, that's a, a a great question because when I opened the club again, it was a, a place where there was no live entertainment. The community—you uh, have to drive an hour or more to see comedy, you know, or other live entertainment, theater, and stuff. So the audiences weren't really educated as to live comedy and that took some time. So uh, I found there's two approaches to uh, working with people to make sure that a show fits their need. Uh, One is being approachable. So we always answer the phone. You can call me at two o'clock in the morning and people do uh, to ask about the show. What's the show like this weekend? Who's on it? Is it clean? Is it dirty or whatever? So I think being approachable and and making sure that uh, people have access to contact you either by phone or message or however you know there's many there's many avenues to communicate these days and then the other form the other responsibility i feel as an owner is to communicate that outwardly so in our advertising and our promotion and our social medias you know we want to clearly state what type of show this is what you can expect from this person and uh, when you do that and do that well, I think it eliminates a lot of the uncomfortableness that could happen from somebody be- being placed in the- on the wrong show. And uh, I guess lastly, the thing is just to build a show correctly. You know, with comedians that are complementary uh, to each other. If you have a clean headliner, you need to have an MC and supporting acts that are gonna that are gonna complement that clean headliner. And I have in the past seen where somebody comes, they put together a show and you've got a, a feature or an opening act and uh, they want to drop profanities and things like that. And now you have the closer come up and it's just not a good environment to, to set a show up in that way. So, But communication,
0: wow. I think. Committed. i'm trying to get your uh website uh url here to uh, to show now it, it's uh funny noises, sure. productions. funny noises productions okay i got yeah, the right one and, i just want to make sure. noises
3: has the z in the
0: middle so that right. nobody will find it <laughs> all right i'm gonna put the uh link here it will be in the description um so Thanks let me see that. in this here so um that you know that's a, an important point i think a lot of comedy clubs at least we're here and the shows that aren't in comedy clubs, even more importantly, they're putting on shows where they don't take that into consideration. So you'll have like a couple of really uh, dirty comics mixed in with like people who are squeaky clean. And it's, it makes it hard for the audience to know what, what they're going to expect. And I think that kind of can, can contribute to this whole people being offended. Of course, if you're, if you're a person who, you know, looking for Jim Gaffigan and you get uh, Laura, uh, Lisa Lampanelli, <laughs> you, you're gonna, then you're gonna be a little bit surprised and maybe offended and all that kind of stuff. So, um, true. Yeah, true. funny noises productions dot Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: Uh so women in comedy. Are you seeing? I. More, uh, more prominent women. I mean, talk about you know in your club uh, specifically. Uh, when uh, you get a, a decent ratio men to women, or is it still more completely male dominated?
3: You know, unfortunately, I think it's still a male dominated business. Uh, not to say there aren't females and great female comedians out there. Unfortunately, I just don't feel there is enough of them uh, and such. That to,
0: to, that's and, interesting. And, because uh, some, somebody mentioned that, level. that. Oh, okay. Because somebody mentioned on Facebook the other day, the world needs more women comedians. And I was like, I'm not sure quantity is, is the answer. I think mm. it's, it's respect is a, a part of it. And I think too many women there, because I know, you know, doing what I do and looking for comedians to feature all the time, run into a lot of them. I do agree that not many are rising up to a top level because I think. It's hard. I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm generalizing here, and I probably am. But I think a lot of women fall into doing the same types of material. Either they're doing the, uh, I'm not married again, and this is, I'm not married yet, and I don't have a boyfriend, talking about relationship problems. A lot of that. Or they're going to compete with men and try to outdo men at at testosterone uh, shock comedy, and I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of women that doesn't come natural, and for a lot of audiences, you can what you can take from Sam Kinison. (laughs) I'm outdated uh, uh, reference here is is not something you're going to take from a little a, 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 a diminutive woman on stage. It just doesn't. It doesn't it's not consistent so i my point here is i i think there's a lot of them out there but i think they're falling into different traps of either i'm going to be everybody wants to emulate people like erica Rhodes, who does what what she does great yes. she's talked about her relationships and she's just top notch at that or they want to be uh nikki glazier and talk about blowjobs and things like that not every woman can do that effectively either but i think they fall into those two groups either the very clean or the very raunchy and there's no unique women com- comedians out there who are taking their own path anymore just your your comments on that
3: well, I think that's that's where success comes from, is you have to be yourself. You have to be unique. Uh, so often you, I, we see people who are uh, starting and developing, and they want to emulate somebody else. And I think that's a huge pitfall. You want to find, they say, find your own voice. But it's really finding your own caricature. You know, who are you? What is this about? What is it you're trying to do? And stuff? So if you're just emulating somebody else, well, that's already been done. We've already heard those. People want something fresh, new, exciting that they haven't seen or heard. And I think that's the way people should take look at their comedy.
0: Right. So Uh, there's
3: not enough A-list female comedians, though, I would agree with you. And there is a lot of repetition uh, in the business from not just females, but other performers as well that have been uh, put into categories, let's say. You know, they're this type of a comedian or that type of comedian. And there's a common theme that runs through many of those uh, cliques of of comedy like that. So be individual, be yourself, find yourself.
0: Uh, As a proprietor, are you there every night and see every comedian or most comedians work?
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right now um, I'm there every night unless I'm at an off-premise gig because we do a lot of those as well. Uh, And I watch literally hundreds of comedians yeah i don't watch too many clips anymore uh if you send us clips what i usually do i'll be candid and it's been a great buy-in for my team is i i forward them to the employees the teams of crackpot comedy club i let them watch the clips and then pass back to me the ones that they liked and we take it from there but to sit and watch clips all day every day it's just ridiculous so we don't i don't watch any of that
0: yeah uh and uh, i will put this out there for you and maybe we can we can work together on this uh if you have uh people that you would like to feature on this program or or get some experience doing interviews or you know just you know have some fun in the morning please send them my way uh i would definitely love to you know give exposure to anybody you think is is worthwhile here and it might you know they can Uh, promo their gigs at your place and uh i think you know it would be a good thing for both of us a win win (laughs) um, i would
3: be more than happy to i have a great list of people i'll share with you sir
0: uh, that would be great uh do you have um because there's a real problem in in social media right Or in the comedy world based on what social media that everybody has a camera with them at all times now and you know taking videos of people and posting them not necessarily stuff that they would approve of posting their work online what is your policy on that like cameras at the place do you have cameras that you uh do production for for comedians if they if they want it and uh keeping the amateur videographers from <laughs> from doing that
3: yeah, that's, that's a, again, a great question for a comedy club owner, I feel. Uh, first and foremost, we don't allow uh, our guests to do any videotape recording on Fridays and Saturday nights when we run professional shows. It's just not acceptable and such. Uh, And if somebody pulls out a phone, you know, at our startup, we make a brief announcement about no flash photography, no video recording and such. And if somebody has a phone out again, we just usually will nicely approach them and they usually will understand and put it away. Perhaps they were in the bathroom when the announcement was made or they arrived late and things like that. Most times people are very acceptable and understanding. Uh, on the open mic nights on Thursdays and our showcase on Sundays, we're a little bit more liberal about recording unless uh, it's an artist who is uh, probably a touring comedian who stopped in to practice something, and then we would not permit recording for that. Uh, As far as in-house recording, we have uh, two things. We do our own digital recording that we can edit and provide tapes for, but we also have phone mounts uh, throughout the showroom. So if you wanna place your own phone into one of the phone mounts, located throughout the showroom you can record your own set on your phone and stuff and again this is something that you don't see it a lot of places our next step on that we're actually in the process of upgrading our self-recording we call it self-recording uh apparatus is we're going to have a um, digital usb hub and basically what's going to happen is when you arrive there'll be a mounted hub on the wall you can take just a flash drive you'll be able to plug it into this hub and then take the stage, and then when you walk off the stage, you just remove your flash drive from the hub and you have digitally downloaded your set.
0: Very cool, I and, love that!
3: Yeah, state of the art stuff. Again, not too many places doing that at this time. Yeah,
0: this time, so. what about um, have you entertained like the idea of we're either having because here on Long Island, Governor's uh, comedy club, mm-hmm, Long, mm-hmm. they, they have podcast studios, Gov's radio, and, and that. Right. Kind of stuff i uh, very
3: familiar with
0: it, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so are you doing anything like that? And the other part of the, the part two of that question is live podcasts. Like, as a uh, like you know, there's a lot of that going on now. It's kind of trending. Mm-hmm. is not trending so much, but some people are doing this where it's basically taking your smaller room and doing a show that night that is for an audience, but a live podcast on the stage, that kind of stuff. All are right, you doing any right. of that stuff?
3: Well, um, uh, we've my club's only eight months old so for all that we have at this point i'm pretty pleased but we have just started an audio podcast we have i believe six episodes you can find it on spotify it's called after hours at crackpots and basically it's exactly that after the evening performance we sit down with our headliner and we talk a little bit uh and so that's just an audio pod at this time Um, I'm currently in the process, I've just acquired um, the floor above the comedy club has an old radio station in it and we've just acquired the radio station so we're remodeling and renovating it and we're going to set up two green room studios that will be accessible uh, and we'll be doing then uh, audio video podcasts from uh, the, the comedy club right above it. And so like, you know, during the show, we can take uh, somebody and go up and do the podcast and then come back down uh, and all of that. So it's, it's really an exciting uh, step for us. The idea is, again, uh, to be part of a community, we want to be able to provide affordable studio time for people uh, and provide uh, training uh, for you how to do this, as well as having a fully stocked a studio so that you know you could just walk in and create what your dream is with some you know if you need a help and things like that but more than anything to make it affordable you know rates in this area can go anywhere well they up to a hundred dollars or more an hour for studio right. time and yeah. that's that's a tough one for some people to swallow so that's the goal
0: well, you heard it here first people. Mark it on your calendars. Mind Dog Productions is moving to uh Ohio. Uh Chris is my he's going to adopt me um uh and I'm going to be doing my show 24/7 uh from from his studio. Wow, that's a a man. Uh, I that's a that's a fantasy for me. I would love that. I've been, you know, I want to because where I am, it's so remote, it's really hard to get guests out here. So I have to do remote stuff. And I would love to have a studio in which I've been talked to governors about uh, going to their place. That's still a, almost a 100, 100 miles from me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Every place here is a, like a, you know, but I'm sure where you are, there's a lot of that kind of traveling. But in the suburbs of New York, you're generally a, a rare thing to have to travel that far. Uh, very cool stuff, man. I wish you great success with this. Please keep me in the loop and, and let me know. And if you have anything uh, really that you want to promote, just drop me a line. I'll be happy to help you promote that stuff uh, and, and mention it even if you're not here. And again, your comedians, uh, if they have stuff to promote, want to promote their shows, they're welcome to to come on the show i appreciate you being here and all this time it's great to get to know you i love your attitude love your entrepreneurial spirit i love the way you approach these things and that you seem like a uh guy who's really just in it for all the right reasons and not (laughs) not just a a comedy club baron looking to just kind of get rich first and just who you can rip off so i appreciate all that
3: I'm having the time of my life, guys. <laughs> That's what I say. The water's Great. fine. Come on in and come have a good time with us.
0: <laughs> Great, man. Uh, again, I appreciate you being here. Please uh, stay in touch and, and be part of the program. Come back sometime and, and talk more about this stuff. And keep, uh, uh, you know, I just want to see you grow and and make that, that your dream, and, and you're already living the dream, but make it even a bigger success, this whole idea of the studio upstairs and all this stuff. Love everything you're doing, man. So glad to have you came on this morning. So thank you.
3: Thanks for having me, Matt. Great time. I love the show.
0: Have a great day. Bye for now. Thanks. The Fifth Beatle, Chris Kettler, folks. uh, Owner of Crackpots Comedy. uh, And I don't know the name of the town. It's kind of Wasilia or something like that. Uh, it's, it's It's a... name that i'll have to learn to pronounce but i'm gonna have to learn to pronounce because i'm moving there i just announced it on the program anyway that's our show for today love to hear your uh questions and comments on it let me see is it uh it's mass massillon m-a-s-s-i-l-l-o-n ohio uh crackpots comedy club uh the link is in the description i hope you check them out uh man he's doing some great things there i just really really uh love the direction he's taken The photos of the place look phenomenal. I love the way uh, uh, you should go there and see the website. But it looks like a graded, like a theater seating, graded seating type of arrangement. looks like a really great place uh, to see a comedy show. So I hope you check it out and support it. If you're in that area, please go out and support Crackpot Comedy. And uh, that's the show for today. Thanks for coming. Tonight, my guest will be uh, Brigadier General Peter Zweck uh who has spent a lifetime in ukraine and we're going to talk all about what's really going on in ukraine and dispel some of the inmanisms (laughs) that uh have been prevalent on social media kind of stuff that pisses me off thanks for coming today have a great rest of your day and if i don't see you tonight then always remember tomorrow and every morning when you wake up to um turn on your radio